three men went into that fire, but three men came out. It was only in the fire when the king could see Jesus. And I felt like that when I was thrown into the fire of cancer and it felt like my whole future went up in flames, my whole life and what I wanted and the plans and dreams I had, it all went up in flames. But when we choose to put God on display, when we choose to believe in Jesus, maybe then that's the only time the king sees Jesus, right? When they were actually delivered and saved from that fire, the king saw and he looked over at his advisors. I see four men in the fire and the fourth looks like the son of the gods. Welcome to the Faith Inspired Podcast by Faith and Gather. I'm your host, Erica Dvorak. Join me and the Faith and Gather community as we become faith inspired to tackle the messy and embrace the beautiful areas of life. We're going to meet you right where you're at, right when you need it, by helping you live a less stressed, more joy-filled life lived by bold faith and walking in obedience. You have a God-sized calling, but you don't have to choose between your sanity or juggling it all. We'll keep you one step ahead, armed with knowledge to fight your everyday battles and live a life faith-inspired. Because faith is not just a belief, it's a lifestyle. What do you do when life hits you with a curveball, a worst-case scenario that becomes a reality? Heidi Lee Anderson knows a thing or two about facing life's curveballs. Heidi's story took a powerful turn as she faced a cancer diagnosis 10 years ago. Now her mission is to help Christ followers grasp the sure promises God offers amid life's mundane heartache and mountaintop moments. Heidi is an author, speaker, and dedicated stay-at-home mom. You might know her from her Instagram devotionals where she's built a community of over 125,000 followers at Heidi Lee Anderson. While also creating kids' devotionals as this mother hen, she's simultaneously tackling Cheerio spills and constructing Lego towers, all while sipping coffee like a Gilmore. In this episode, Heidi and I dive into the topic of facing the curveballs life throws at us, the worst-case scenarios that become our reality, and how scripture can answer our questions about faith, fear, and those daunting what-ifs. This is a theme Heidi beautifully and authentically explores in her book, P.S. It's Gonna Be Good. She walks us through her personal journey of deep fear and worst-case scenarios, the characters and stories in scripture that offered her solace, and the most common what-ifs she encounters. We also dive into how to keep living without fear looming over you, what it means to trust in God's greater plan, and how knowing the future might impact our present choices. In our world of rising anxiety, Heidi guides us through these questions, helping us find peace, confidence, and freedom in God's word, reassuring us that P.S., it's going to be good. Hey, Heidi, thanks so much for being on the Faith Inspired Podcast. It is so fun to be here, Erica. I love that I get to talk with another Minnesotan, right? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Where we call all the things hot dish. We play duck, duck, gray duck. We call like the carbonated beverages pop and not like Coke, even when it's Pepsi, you know, like they do down south. Yes. Oh, I love it so much. And I love that our state 
gives away where we come from. You know, the name itself, Minnesota, is like people are like, yep, mm-hmm, she's a Minnesotan. <laughs> yeah, it takes out the guesswork for sure, doesn't it? It totally does. Uh, so fun, so fun. Yes, I was just super excited to have this conversation with you today because I do follow you and I love your content and I just love your authenticity and how fun you approach life. And especially the topic that we're talking about today, we're talking about when life really throws you curveballs and you come against your worst case scenario and how really you can handle that and how scripture really helps you with your faith and fear and how it has an answer for basically everything. And so we're going to talk about that today as well as your book. That's really the basis of it is your book, P.S. It's Gonna Be Good. But before we do that, I would love for you to really tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, who you love you know, who's your family and yeah, just a little bit about who you are. Yeah. Well, okay. So my name is Heidi Lee Anderson. I've been married to my husband now for 10 years, which has been so much fun. He's definitely my better half. And we have Oscar who's nine, Mabel who's seven, Hazel's five and Dottie girl somehow is already one. Most of my days are spent with them. I'm a stay-at-home mom, but I'm also a speaker and a writer, especially on social media. Like you talked about, I love posting devotionals, really talking about the Bible in a way people understand. I grew up in the church and I love the church, but sometimes some of the language went right over my head. And even now it's like, wow, these are big words that if I don't really know what they mean, even though I've heard them for decades now, I mean, I miss key points of scripture. I miss key points of who God is. And so I really love breaking down really scripture and those words that maybe we've heard a lot, but let's break them down and actually talk about what it looks like in our life. So I love to do that online, especially Instagram is kind of my main thing. Um, And now it's so fun. I'm an author and I have always, always, always loved writing. So this has been a dream come true. It's called PS, it's going to be good. And essentially, I've asked certain questions to the Lord these last 10 years in life since I've been thrown some curveballs in life. And they're things like, well, what if the worst case actually happens? Or what if my reality doesn't line up with God's word? Or what do I do when God feels silent? And uh, as I sat in those questions and I opened up the word of God, I followed behind the footsteps of certain Bible heroes. And as I did... I not only saw who God is, but I saw what he promised, not just to them, but to us too. And I found some answers along the way. So basically my book is a compilation of 20 different questions I've asked. And we follow 20 different Bible heroes. And in the end, we see ultimately how Romans 8, 28 prevails, not only back in their lives, but also our lives too, that we will indeed see God flip every last thing for his glory and our good. Like he is so good to do that. That is so, so good. And man, you talk about all of that within your book. And I'd love for you to start where it started really 10 years ago. You mentioned you've been on this journey for 10 years, but you wrote that book from a place of understanding deep fear and your worst case scenario happening. Can you take us back to that place 10 years ago when you were really faced with that worst case scenario and move us forward to where you are today? 
Yeah. So it was like you said, 10 years ago, and that's when I was single. And I will always remember sitting on that white crinkly paper at the doctor's office. And I had just a simple and large lymph node that wasn't going away. And I thought, and I dismissed it as just maybe a reaction to a cold or something like that. But then I felt another lump around my collarbone. And so that's when I scheduled the doctor appointment. I will always remember sitting on that white crinkly paper and looking over at the doctor who said, you have Hodgkin's lymphoma. And I remember it just sucking the air right out of me. I looked at my mom who came with me and it was almost like, what is this person even talking about? I mean, we didn't have any history of cancer in our family or really any disease whatsoever. I come from a fairly healthy family. And so those kind of titles just went over my head at the time. And my mom always remember saying, that's cancer in your lymph nodes. And that knocked me off my feet. I will always remember walking out of that appointment, looking up at the bright blue sky, and I knew Jesus as my Savior. But it was in that moment for the first time, really, where I desperately needed His saving. I faced a situation here where I could do nothing to fix it. And I knew I needed saving beyond myself. I needed a savior bigger than myself. And I sat in the next three weeks, not really sure what the future held. I couldn't get into the oncologist for three weeks. And um, when I sat in that first appointment and he walked me through all of what it looked like, I remember these short-term side effects, like maybe um, I would have problems swallowing or the chemotherapy would attack my ovaries and I wouldn't be able to have kids. And then he went on to the long-term side effects and he's like, you know, based on the drugs you'll get, one of them can cause a cardiac arrest in your 40s. And because you're getting radiation of the chest, breast cancer is a common second cancer in your 30s. And so fast forward to today, I was healed from cancer then in a pretty obvious way, actually, where my treatments were cut in half and it was clearly the hand of God. But I still face fear today because of those symptoms where he projected over into my future. And and why I'm so passionate about talking about this is because isn't that so like the enemy, right? Like he, he would love nothing more to overshadow our future, to make us fear the rest of our days while walking on this earth, that we have actually something worthy to be afraid of. But when we open up the word of God, he says, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. But why does he say? Because the Lord, your God goes with you wherever you go. And that is our truth. That is what we can hold on to in the curveballs of life, that we actually don't need to be afraid. We don't need to be discouraged when these things come. Why? Because the Lord Almighty himself, the Lord over angels, armies goes before us and is with us. Oh my goodness. Seriously. And that's something that we need to cling on to. So I would love to know really what scripture did you cling on to at that time? And in your book, you had mentioned that there's all these different questions and a lot of what ifs that people ask. What were those big what ifs that you put into your book? And I think the most common ones too, what are the most common ones that people ask? And what are those scriptures and those stories that are tied to those that you really clung to and cling to now that help you remind you of God's promises? Yep, that's a great question. And I would say the main question that people keep asking in so many DMs throughout the five years I've been on Instagram, it's been, 
where is God when the worst case actually happens, when I'm still facing infertility, when this unexpected bill comes out, I don't have the means to pay for, when I prayed for healing and instead that person passed away, where is God when it seems just so terribly bad? I know he promises good and I want to believe that, but how do I hold on in faith when this bad thing happened? And really there's two stories that I always go back to and that I always point people to. And the first is Joseph. It seemed like his life just kept getting lower and lower and lower. He was sold into slavery. He was wrongfully accused. And then he was falsely imprisoned for something he didn't even do. But what did scripture say? It says that the Lord was with Joseph so that he succeeded in everything he did. Well, if you look at scripture, it can make you scratch your head a little bit. Like, what does that mean? Because that doesn't look like success to me. That doesn't look like Joseph is living in the freedom and when he's in prison behind bars. And what I love about his story is that that's only in Genesis chapter 37, 38, 39. There are plenty more chapters ahead. And it isn't actually until Joseph gets to Genesis 50 that he's able to look back on his life and he's able to look back on all the decades that have gone by. And he actually says, whatever you intended to harm me, it was actually God who intended it for good. You meant evil, but God actually brought me here for this reason with a purpose. And I always say that it may look bad. It may look bad like Joseph when we are wrongfully accused or when we're behind chains or in prison in something we don't want to be in. But the truth of the matter is that our God is with us. And again, he's going to flip the script. We're going to see that plot twist. And at the end of our lives, we'll be able to look back and say, now I see why the Lord brought me to this place. So even when it looks bad, we can hang on for his goodness will surely follow us all the days of our lives, right? That's what it says and reassures in the Psalms. The second story that I point people to is Martha. And I love that the worst case actually happened. I mean, her brother died. She called for Jesus. She knew that he could heal him, but he didn't. He didn't come in time, quote unquote. But when we keep hanging on in faith, like we keep hanging on in Joseph's story, we also see at the end of her story that although she prayed for healing, Jesus planned a resurrection. Healing was good, no doubt. And he could surely have done that, but he had something better planned. And I don't know what that better is for us, but I do know when it looks bad and the worst case happens like Lazarus, we can hold on in faith like Martha. We can wait in the presence of Jesus and we will see that resurrection come in our stories too. Wow. Yeah, that's so powerful. Like what looks dead to us you know, God can surely resurrect. Man, that's such, such, such a good word. One that struck me, and I don't know why it was, it just might be like a Holy Spirit of like, Erica, we got to talk about this because this is going to speak to somebody. But really like when everything goes up in flames, when you lose it all, everything goes up in flames. Can you talk about that question and really like that scripture and those characters that support that and those promises? Yeah. Yes. No, that's also one of my favorite stories because that's what we see with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? In the book of Daniel. And they were actually thrown into the flames. So in their story, I mean, it truly, literally all went up in flames. Um, And they had the faith. I mean, we saw before they were thrown into the fiery furnace that they weren't going to bow down to the king's statue. They knew who their God was. But they said, 
he is able to deliver us. And I love that they had that faith. They didn't know how he would, but they knew he would somehow. And as they're thrown into the fire, one of my favorite things when I read this story, and it was like the Lord spoke this to me where he showed me three men went into that fire, but three men came out. It was only in the fire when the king could see Jesus. And I felt like that when I was thrown into the fire of cancer and it felt like my whole future went up in flames, my whole life and what I wanted and the plans and dreams I had, it all went up in flames. But when we choose to put God on display, when we choose to believe in Jesus, maybe then that's the only time the king sees Jesus, right? When they were actually delivered and saved from that fire, the king saw and he looked over at his advisors. I see four men in the fire and the fourth looks like the son of the gods. And I love that, that when we put Jesus on display in the fires of life, maybe actually it's not about us. We would like it all to be about us. You know, we'd like to know God's purpose and he surely has one for us. He's so good to do that for us. But we see time and time again in scripture that God has the whole world in mind. And there's some lost sons and daughters of his that are watching you right now. And he wants to use your faith. He wants to use you shining bright in the flames, brighter than the flames, so that they see Jesus. And maybe like the king, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were taken out of the furnace, maybe they too will praise the Lord who saves and who clearly delivers his people. Yeah, how beautiful. I mean, that's where God shows up. It would be interesting to hear your perspective on when you were in that moment, but like even now in these day-to-day moments, I find that when I have it really good, I feel like I not that I pull away from the Lord, but I just I'm not pulling at him as much as I normally would. I'm kind of like, "Oh, I got this." But when I'm in those fire moments and I'm in those moments of despair, like that is where I'm clinging to the Lord and I find myself really talking about him more and bringing his glory more in those moments. Did you feel that way as you went through your cancer diagnosis? And how does that work out in your life now? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Because I felt like during that season of life, I mean, you would find me at night, I would stay up most nights, and I just read my Bible and I would have worship music through the room. And and what I remember during that time is so often if I hopped on Facebook or I Googled worst case scenarios, or I even talked with people, because it seems like everyone nowadays has been affected by cancer of some variety. And there's a lot of horror stories out there, it seems. And I felt like anytime I was scrolling, anytime I was Googling, even anytime I was talking about my story with people, I would be tempted to fear because of what I read and what I heard. But when I opened up the word of God, that's when I felt peace. That's when I felt hope pour back into my story. And that's where I felt like, okay, I know Jesus who has already overcome this. I always remember Psalm 91 as the psalm where I felt like I camped out on before every appointment, throughout the surgery, just different moments like that where I kept returning back to that. And and the Lord promises in that passage, because he acknowledges my name, I will rescue him. And we don't know how he will, right? That's different in everyone's life, but we do know he will. (laughs) We know he will rescue us some way, somehow. And really all it takes is acknowledging his name. Yeah. Yeah. Just coming back to his word, acknowledging him really takes you out of that. Man, you can get so distracted with the world and be so set on fear. 
you had this cancer diagnosed and when you were very, very young, I mean, you were like 23 years old, correct? Yes. Yeah. So 23 years old, I just, I think back to that when that's like, you have your whole life ahead of you. And then all of a sudden you're faced with cancer. And then you said, moving forward, there were all these little things that could happen to you. How do you keep fear from just looming over your mind and over your head because we do hit that reality all the time of where you're on social media. That's, that's basically what you do. So as you're scrolling and posting your stuff and, you know, reading comments like that stuff, that fear is going to come up. So how do you keep it from not looming over your head constantly? No, I love that question. I love that question. And it even sets up my next book coming down the pipeline. I will always remember learning about the story of the Israelite spies that were sent into the promised land. And we all were very familiar with that story, right? But I think the fact that stood out to me this one time that I had read it and I was researching about it is that there were just 12 spies that were sent into the promised land to scope out the land, right? But when they returned, they each gave a report and there were 10 people that Actually, all 12 men had the same report. They had the same details in both of their reports, but they arrived at very different conclusions. And the 10 said, there's giants there. I mean, there's tall walls. It is scary. And you know what? Compared to them, we look like little grasshoppers. We can't go in. Um, But there were two men that said, I I agree with all that. I don't deny any of that. But the Lord has given us this land and he's promised it to us. That's literally why it's called the promised land. So we need to go and we need to seize this land. But what threw me, what really hit me hard when I was studying this is these were only 12 voices that they were retelling this account to two to possibly 3 million Israelites. And those 10 people swayed millions of people to not believe in God, to not seize the promised land that they were given. And and I feel like that is such a strong warning from the Lord is that at any point in time, we will hear combating voices, whether they're ill-willed or well-meaning alike. And we will always have the choice. Will we believe those that don't have faith in God? Or will we hold fast to his promises? Because if you look at the account of the 10 men, not once did they actually mention God in their report. It was all about the giants. It was all about the land. They didn't once mention God. But if you look at Caleb's account, it mentions God time and time again. And so really what I have to challenge myself with whenever I'm afraid is whose voice am I listening to? And really how we can tell if we're listening to the voice of God or the voice of fear that goes against God is that one will tell us who God is, whereas one will tell us about the circumstances that we're facing that are far too big than we can handle. And so our choice is deciding, well, at the end of the day, which voice am I going to listen to? Even if I chose God yesterday, I mean, I have a choice today. Will I choose to follow his voice, the good shepherd today? Mm, Girl, that's so good. Preach it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, man, it's so tough, right? Because again, like you said, we hear voices everywhere we go and they can be so loud. But God's word, I mean, it it is true, it is absolute, and it will stand the test of time. So if we just take him up on his word, we find out he is a man of his word. Yeah, make him the loudest voice in your life because yes. even you said even well-meaning people, even your family members who are close, like their fears will creep in and try to yeah. create more fears in you unknowingly. Like they're not meaning right. to do that. They're good people. They For love sure. you. It's just 
we're human and that's what happens. And so making his voice the loudest and going back to the word and being in prayer with him is so important. I always remember talking to my aunt who was diagnosed with breast cancer. And she said, and we both agreed, almost the hardest part was when we'd talk to people and almost have to comfort them or reassure them or declare God's promises to them because they were almost hopeless when they heard our situation. But we know the God of all hope, right? Like Romans tells us. And the psalmist repeats, as for me, I will always have hope. I think that's Psalm 77 or 71. And it's like, man, is that, am I filled with hope right now? Or am I giving into hopelessness? Because the God of all hope will always call us to hope, you know? Yeah, yeah, and it is 71 or 77 because I was reading that actually yesterday. I'm doing oh, the book. Yeah. I'm doing the Bible chronologically and I read 71 and 77, so it's got to be in there somewhere. But yeah, oh, isn't that isn't that so God in his timing because yeah. I needed that word and then we were doing this podcast recording and somebody's going to hear that and need to read that and listen to this episode. So, so good. So good. I love that. There was a little excerpt in your book that says God knows what's to come and still says there's no reason to fear, which I love that. That's just so incredibly good. Yeah. So my question to you that I would love to know, now knowing exactly how your story would unfold and is still creating to unfold, how would you have lived your life differently in that moment? Mm, That's a really tough one. I just think um, not necessarily when I was diagnosed with cancer, I actually felt like the Lord gave me a supernatural amount of hope through the Holy Spirit. But I would say the last five years have been the hardest years of my life. And I think it's because um, I have all these young kids now and those previous um, looming threats over my life seem more near now that I'm actually in my 30s and 40s, like they said it could happen. And I so desperately want to live to raise my kids. And so I've had to battle that truth day in and day out, it feels like. And the battle can be very exhausting. But I I go back to Hebrews where it talks about this life of faith. It's not just like you camp out in the promised land and then you just kick back and chill, but it's a race of endurance. And I think sometimes that we face these hard, hard moments and, and the Lord is just creating this endurance in us, this perseverance. And he, he doesn't want us to give up. He actually is out to strengthen our faith and strengthen our hope. And if we allow him to do the good work that he always does, even when it's painful and hard in the moment, that's always what the Holy Spirit produces. And so I just have to keep reminding myself of the word of God and the promises that he gives to us that even when we don't know tomorrow, none of the Bible heroes in the Bible were actually given a roadmap to their life. You know, like we would like, it wasn't like Martha was told, okay, your brother is going to rise again. Or David wasn't told, okay, you're going to go on a giant Goliath. You're going to take him down with just like a little sling and stone. So enjoy it, you know, live up to it. They just had to walk in faith. And that's the challenge of our faith, right? That we believe in an unseen God with unseen promises and a future really that is unseen. Um, But that's the whole premise of faith. I mean, that's kind of the whole premise of what we signed up for. But I just go back to the faithfulness of our God, that that is just his character, who he is. And he was faithful back then. So even when the future is unknown, he is known. His promises are known. And he tells us that his faithfulness that follows us us all the days of our lives, his goodness and his mercy. That is sure. And that is promise. And so we can just bank everything on him and his character and his promises, even in the unknown. Yeah. Oh, 
How blessed are we that we serve such a good God, such a loving God. Yeah, well, and you know what? I think of Susie Larson, who I think she said this, to take along with what you said of what you would do differently. I will always remember, and she says this throughout her books and her podcast, but she keeps saying, when faith actually becomes sight, we will be so relieved every time we chose faith. And that can be a gut to me personally, because the times I've given into fear when I've been stressing over lumps or when I've gone into scans and I'm not sure what they hold. I mean, that's the challenge, right? That someday we will see God face to face and we actually get rewards from him as believers. That's kind of the fun part, but we will be so relieved. We will be so proud. We will be so glad for the moments that we actually chose faith and we didn't give in to fear. And so I kind of like it says in Hebrews where it's for the joy set before Christ, he was able to endure the cross. And it's really when we fix our eyes, not on what's going on now, but our future, the unseen, that's where we have the joy set before us. We can endure today when we know what's to come, right? Yeah. Uh so good. So good. And I think we lose sight of that because we're in yeah. just this everyday world where we're yeah. in the mundane and we're trudging through everything, you know, going through the sludge of life a lot. And so we forget that there's this beautiful reward. I mean, it literally dawned on me the other day that I was just like, oh, like, you know, we're told that we get to see Jesus, but it finally like, I don't know if do you ever have like light bulb moments where you're like, sure. well, the light bulb yes. was supposed to go off like 20 years ago and like, finally I get it kind of thing. <laughs> like it was <laughs> for just sure, like, for sure. Uh, ding. <laughs> I was just like, oh my gosh, I get to meet him one day. Like, how cool is that? This guy I've been talking to like every day, all the time, you know, all of that. It's just like, we forget about the reward that's at the end of that. So if we could just focus on that while we're dealing with these worst case scenarios and these curveballs in life, just really clinging to him. So important. Yeah. Oh, Heidi, this has been so good. So, so good. Thank you for being on. I just appreciate you and all your wisdom. And well, I'm honored to be here. I, I just think I get it when people are thrown curveballs and life is hard because I have been there. I still am there. Um, but I love to talk about God and his promises, right? Because it says it says in scripture that we should link arms with one another and encourage one another, right? Build one another up. That's what the whole body of Christ is for. It's a beautiful thing that God didn't leave us here on earth alone. He gave us the Holy Spirit and he also gave us one another. So anyways, this was just so fun to talk with you because it just feels like this conversation where I just feel built up, you know? So it's fun to link arms. Yeah, totally, totally. And if you want to link arms with Heidi, she has just a fantastic Instagram account and the book as well. So Heidi, I would love for you to tell the listeners how they can connect with you and where to find your book, where to connect you with you on Instagram, your website, all those goodies. Yeah. Well, I would love it. I love to be best friends on social media. So my primary account is Heidi Lee Anderson. I'm on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube. But then also, if you're a Christian parent, I have This Mother Hen, where I like to help us teach the Bible to kids in a way they understand. My website is HeidiLeeAndersonMinistries.com. I have a countdown to Christmas family devotional and a few other family devotionals that are really fun, but also give kids that truth and an activity that actually keeps them sitting and silent while you can actually tell them the story. You know, it's so important as mom. But then lastly, my book, P.S. It's Gonna Be Good. You can buy that really wherever they sell books. Amazon, Barnes and Noble, wherever. And I, I'm just praying. I know that the Lord used it and opened up a way for that book to be published, but I'm just praying for every woman that opens it up that God would meet 
her there. And I know it says in Jeremiah that those who seek me will find me if you seek me wholeheartedly. So any woman that's listening, if you are seeking the Lord, I mean, you can rest assured that he will meet you there for sure. Yeah. Oh, so good. Okay. One last question before we go. Yeah. I want to know what brought you joy today. Oh, so, okay. That's a great question. My mom is just the best mom in the world. She comes actually every Tuesday. People ask me, how are you able to do a book and do all this Instagram, all the things with young kids at home? And honestly, it is my mom and she comes every Tuesday and I walked in and she's playing with my kids and Dottie's crying as she leaves. And she's just such a blessing. You know what I mean? And I'm just grateful to have a grandma for my kids that are, that's close, that's super active in their lives and really prays for them and loves them and, and points them to Jesus too. So I would say hands down my mom. She's just the best. Oh, that's such, yeah, that is a blessing indeed. And your mom, she's going to be so proud to hear that answer. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I love you, mom. Yeah. You know, now that you're a mom, you're just like, oh, I hope one day my children talk about me that way. So isn't it totally a full circle moment? There have been so many times as a mom, I go back to my mom. Like now that I am a mom, I realize everything you did. And I'm just continually amazed by her. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, love you so much. Oh, Heidi, thank you. This has been such a blast. So great to connect with you. And Really praising the Lord for all that you do and good health for you moving forward. I'll be praying for that and just continued success, you know, in the Lord's eyes for how you are reaching people to grow closer to Him. Yeah. Amen. Thank you so much for having me on. This has been such a joy. We can find hope and faith in the face of life's curveballs. Whatever you face today is not too big or scary for the Lord. He knows every detail and yet, he still says not to fear. Lean on him and your community because whatever he has here on earth or in heaven, it will be good. I'm so grateful you spent time today listening to this episode. If you were encouraged by what you heard, share the love with other women you know and send them the link to this episode. Just think how many more women could be blessed with faith-inspired encouragement. Love and prayers, Erica. Congrats on saying yes to a life filled with joy and Jesus. If you want more, head to faithinspiredpodcast.com for show notes and links to all the resources mentioned in today's episode. Be sure to subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast platform to stay faith-inspired. And remember, faith is not just a belief, it's a lifestyle. 